I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the 538th most popular health and fitness podcast (laughs) on the internet. It's the Weight Loss Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Courtney. We are here this week to talk about a topic that we deal with all the time. It's It's an ongoing thing for all of us. Basically, how to lose weight when you're too busy. Yes. Courtney. We're all busy. Yeah, we are all busy. It's something that you and I have dealt with a lot personally and with our clients, where it's very easy to start your your process, start your journey, start your program under the assumption and the thought that you have to do a hell of a lot more than you're currently doing to get any sort of result. So we're looking at the, I suppose it's almost like a stereotype, Courtney, that you need to spend hour after hour after hour after hour after hour (laughs) in the gym each week to get some sort of change. Mm. Which is incorrect. Is it? Yes, it is incorrect. I think there's also a big attitude problem with a lot of people when they decide to start losing weight or getting healthier or getting fit, getting into the gym. They automatically assume because, yes, we all know that Losing weight is going to take time and it's going to be hard. So I think everybody often, Matt, tell me if I'm wrong, but I think a lot of people will draw a connection between that weight loss is hard, weight loss is going to take a really long time, and then they automatically assume, oh, well, I'm not going to have the time to do it. You know, I'm just too busy. Courtney, you're wrong. (laughs) No, I'm just joking. You're right. I think that for me, I found a lot of the time for a lot of people who have said to me, oh, but I'm just too busy, it, it, mostly the people who have just started or just about to start tell me that. And they're straight away they're thinking of all the things they think they need to do. Correct. So I need to be in the gym, you know, nine, ten days a week. Yes. I need to spend about five, six hours a day cooking food. Yes, I'm going to have to give up my entire weekend. Yep, I've got to give up my social life. I'm not going to see my kids. I'm not going to have time to do anything. I can't go out with my husband or my wife. So for a lot of people, I think this misconception that I'm too busy to lose weight is is just a complete fabrication. It's, It's something they just tell themselves, their brain tells them, well, it's going to be hard and it's going to take a long time, so you're not going to have the time to do it. You're too busy. Well, I think it can also come from people that that you may know that yeah. have been at the gym for a while and are doing, you know, they may have built themselves up to a fairly decent routine where it seems like they are in the gym, you know, four or five days a week. Mm. And the assumption there is that, well, if they're doing it, I have to do it straight away as well. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a really big factor because, I mean, you and I are. Mm-hmm. You and I are in the gym. How many days a week now, Matt, are we in the gym? Five. Yeah, five days a week. So... Yeah, it'd be the same for us. People look at us and think, oh, they're always in the gym. They're always working out. I, I don't have the time to do that. Did we start 
No. Five days a week in the gym, Courtney. No, I started with two. Yes, you did. I started with one. So there's a big misconception, I think, around the whole I'm just too busy All right, thing. so here's a question for you then, Courtney. What is it that makes people just believe that they won't have the time for this and what makes them feel overwhelmed? I think thinking about family is a big one, especially if people have kids, work commitments. Work can be huge. Work, work. I think family and work are the two biggest ones that I hear of most often. Uh, social engagements, I think, are a big one for a lot of people. Uh, work used to affect me the most. Did it? Yeah, with that question, where I would just have a, a big day at work and even though it was the same time that I was there the day before, but it felt like I was more busy and I was just too busy to go to the gym. Yes. It was too hard. It is just too hard. It's too hard. I mean, I have it as well. Um, I don't have children. So that was never my... At least none that you know of. No, none that I know of. Um, It'd be a bit scary if I didn't know of them. Um, Yeah, so I think for myself, I never had that, obviously, in the front of my mind. But I did have work as well. Like you, Matt, I had work in the front of my mind. I used to work in the hospitality industry, so the hours were crazy. What were you doing, Courtney, in hospitality? I worked in the wedding industry. I was a... Uh, started off in the decorating of wedding receptions and then I went into actual wedding receptions myself and I was a uh, function coordinator. So let's let's have a breakdown there, Court. Like what sort of hours were involved with that? What's the commitment there? So typically my week uh, was Mondays and Tuesdays was my weekend. So my week would start on Wednesday and go through to Sunday. And it would be during the day work. I would sometimes get to work at 8.30, maybe leave at 5, maybe leave at 5.30, maybe leave at 6, depending on the day. On the weekends or Friday, Saturday, Sunday especially because they're the days that you would have weddings on, I could be on day shift, I could be on night shift. So if I was on a day shift, I would get to work probably by about 8 o'clock. I might leave again. I might leave at 4, I might leave at 5, I might leave at 6. Every day was different. Yeah. Then if I was on a night shift, I would get to work at about 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon and I would work until about 1 o'clock in the morning. So it was sort of all over the place. The My hours changed week to week and that was just one job as well. So I did obviously as well once we opened our gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, You, Matt, worked in there full-time. Yep. But... I was still working as a function coordinator, so I would come in and help you out in the gym where I could. So on my days off and things like that, I was helping you out in the gym. So mm-hmm. uh, I was very busy with work as well. Well, I know, Courtney, much like yourself, I haven't had kids. That you know of? Well, I haven't heard anything. There's been, there's been no court <laughs> orders about anything, so so far so good. Let's hope it stays that way. <laughs> But I know for me, I have had times in the past where I have been extraordinarily busy. I would say the, the best example I can give was when I first became a personal trainer. Mm. So I was looking to exit my career in construction and build up a personal training business. But because I wasn't living at home, in fact, I was living a couple of thousand miles away from my family, I couldn't exactly just walk out. And have no money coming in. Mm. So I had to had to gradually build one up 
in order to allow me to reduce the other, which means it got to the stage where there was about probably a nine, 10, 11 month period where I would work at two different gyms, one in the morning, one at night, and work a full-time job in the office through the day. And this was a Monday to Saturday afternoon proposition each week. So I'd get up around 4.30, 5 o'clock, go to the first gym to meet a client, <clears throat> excuse me, then go over to the office to work the nine to five, then drive immediately to the second gym where I would work until around 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night. And this would go, yeah, they were, they were very big days. They were big days. And even still then, I didn't miss my workouts. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part. And I, I think the important thing to explain here is that Matt and I are not going through the, our, our busy work history to say, oh, well, is me and feel far sorry for it. us. No, definitely it's, not. It's far from that. Uh, we worked hard because we were pursuing things that we loved to do. So we were happy to do it. But it's not about that. It's about just showing you that everybody has a job. Everybody works hard. Everybody has some sort of family, whether you have children or not. So everybody has a social life. I think also, Courtney, what we're highlighting here is that when you want it, you will make it work. That's uh, the big That's the big point but, there, isn't it? Well, there's another point coming as well, is that, and we're going to get a bit more into this later in the show, even though you and I have had some pretty hectic schedules in the past, it hasn't impacted what we've done in the gym in terms of our own training because you don't need that much. No. The well, exercise, no. the exercise. What, what the weight loss and health and fitness industry likes to portray is the lifestyle of you're in the gym, you're in there every single day, you're in there for hours on end. Two hour long workouts. This, this is the life. If you want to be elite, you're doing you know a couple of hours workouts, two hours a day. Two, oh, sorry, two hours a day, two times a day. Well, that's a big one, isn't it? They do make that misconception with a lot of marketing and things like that, which is, you know, if you want to be elite, if you want to be an athlete, if you want to be in, in killer shape, this is what you do. Yep. And the thing is as well, when you think about it, in terms of developing a training routine and even a routine in the kitchen in terms of cooking food or shopping for the food, cooking for food, etc. There's actually not much time needed to do all this no. whilst juggling the standard adult life. There's not much time you need to put in to actually get a fantastic result. And we've got clients we've worked with that prove that as well as ourselves. Yeah. So I think a, a fact that we've got to you know, get across here is that when it comes down to it, if you're an adult and you are a functioning adult who has a job or you have a family because family is a job as well, you are going to be busy. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that, Courtney, you and I have been told before that we don't understand because we don't have kids. Mm. We don't have kids, but we have around 70 clients, which is almost like having 70 kids <laughs> in some well, cases. In some cases it does because you have to check up on them. You've, yeah. Yep. But also when it comes down to it, when you're an adult, you're busy. Full yeah. stop. Well, you are. And you're right. Having a family is a job. Having a job is a having job. Having a job is a job. We all have jobs. We're all going to be busy. Can I just say having a wife is a job? Yeah, 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 yeah. You can say it. No one cares. <laughs> so, so 
I think the point we Matt and I are trying to get across here is that, yes, we all know we're busy, but I think the misconception comes from people overwhelming themselves by thinking of all these things, not actually looking at from a practical point of view. Because when you start looking at at this situation practically, there is room to fit this stuff in. Well, there is, especially, Courtney, when you consider that all of us, yourself, Courtney, me, you listening there in your headphones... Everyone has 168 hours a week to play with. Yes. All of us do. Yes. It's going to come down to how 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 well we can play with it. And yeah. are we prepared to chunk off roughly a 2% portion of that week to invest back in ourselves in terms of our health, our body shape, mm. etc. So what we've established here, Courtney, is that the idea of being too busy and not having the time to do what we think is needed is a clear problem. Would you agree? It is a big problem, yes. It is a problem. It's something that you and I face professionally with our clients. Virtually every single client I think we've we've ever dealt with, Mm. this has been an issue. Mm. How do I find the time to make this Mm. happen? So we know this is an issue and we know why. Work, family, Family, social social commitments. Insert problem here yep and the thing is it's not really an excuse when it is a problem but it's a problem but like all problems they're there to be solved no and that's why we we speak about this more in terms of this is a problem not this is an excuse no it's not it it is a problem and it's a case of that's where we manage the problem yeah there just has to be certain there are certain things that can be put in place to make this a bit easier to deal with okay so i'm glad you said that courtney so on that on that subject, we've we've established the problem. Yes. Let's now move on to the solution. Yes. How do so we fix it? How do we fix it? So let's say I am Matt and you are Courtney. Oh, that's convenient. Which is a good place to start. Yes. And I, Matt, am working with you, Courtney, and yes. I'm just too busy. I want to I want to change. Yes. I just don't think I've got the time needed to make this happen. What's the biggest tip you give me? The biggest tip that I would give you is to sit down and actually seriously look at your week. Even write it down. I think writing down gives you a big perspective as well. I know Mm -hmm. I did that for myself. I would get overwhelmed with my work and how am I going to fit in my workouts and God, I'm going to be in the gym at 10 o'clock at night. What am I going to do? And it's not until sometimes you actually sit down and you actually work out, okay, Monday, what time, what am I doing on Monday? And you set it out, I'm going to be at work between this time and this time. What What's happening on Tuesday? What are the absolute things I have to do Monday to Friday? Put those down on paper. Then it's a lot easier to look around that and say, okay, actually, I have an hour here, I could do something. Or I have two hours here. So we've got to sit down and actually look at someone's week and we've got to get a routine and strategy in place. But I I think that's step number one. For someone who comes to me and says, I really want to do this, I want this more than anything, I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough time. I think the number one step, we need to sit down and we need to actually look at your week with clear from a clear perspective. Well, I'm going to go back a step on that one. I actually think, Courtney, the step one, is to prioritize this Mm. and have a think about it. Is this something that I want badly enough where I am going to dedicate some time per week 
into doing it. Well, you're absolutely right because what what is the number one thing that you ask a client? Well, how important is this to you? That's right. How much does this mean to you? So I think that is personally, I will disagree with you slightly. That is to me the number one no, thing. You can it disagree to, with me on that one because I think that's a very good point. It has to be the number one thing. Is this important enough to you to do? Mm. If you are prepared to tackle the issue, it's going to get a whole lot easier. Where I have worked with people in the past where this has become an excuse and a get out card where it's like, no, nope, I can't do it. I'm too busy. Sorry, I'm just going to quit. So that's the difference there, isn't it, between it, um, like what you said there, Matt, is it becoming from a problem to an excuse. Yep. And that difference there is you're saying is prioritize. Well, it's a, it is a priority thing. If it's important to you, like anything in life, if it's important to you, you're going to make it work. Mm. I An example I can use are adults that I've known, friends of mine, where they've been they've led very busy lives. They then had kids mm. and they still make it work because the kids now have been prioritized. But that I think that applies to anything, Courtney. If you want it, you're going to make it happen. If you don't want it, you're going to get out. You'll find something. Well, that is like there's how many examples of that, Matt, it happen in life day to day. I want to go on a holiday. Well, I'm going to save my money so I can go on a holiday. I'm going to go without buying the new denim shirt or the the new pair of um, jeans that I want because I want to go on my holiday. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yes. I mean, that's what we did. When we went on our holiday, we had to prioritize and we had to say, we're not going out for dinners. Because this is important to us. Because we want to go on a holiday. So and it was worth it. We're going to only eat in. Yep. Just little things like that. Little things like that. So, so you're pro- right. Priorities is number one. I think another tip that I'd be giving here, Courtney, is about looking to plan and structure. So Mm. let's tackle this from an exercise perspective. So most people are going to assume, and I would say rightly so, because our industry likes to get this across, or this idea across to people, people are going to assume that I need to live in the gym. I need to spend hour after hour after hour. Now, Let's look at what we do with our clients in the gym. Mm. We start them on how many days a week of weightlifting, Courtney? Two. Two. Not five. No. Not seven. And how long, Matt, are those two weightlifting classes? Oh, 45 minutes each? Yes. Maybe an hour tops? Not two to three hours. Nope. Not two to three hours twice a day. Nope. But I think this is the misconception that plagues uh, this industry a lot of the time. And a lot of it comes from just what we tell ourselves, but a lot of it comes from the marketing and everything else that you see. And it's just complete garbage. You don't need to be in the gym all day. You don't don't. need to be in the gym twice a day. So for the average person, Courtney, that is starting their their program and getting, getting into something for the first time, if they can put aside two days a week to get into the gym to lift weights and gradually improve their strength, they're going to get something from that. Yes, so if we're talking 45 minutes to an hour, you're talking two hours a week. Tops. That's two two not, hours a week. Two hours a week in the gym. For those that are a bit more advanced, you can look it up to maybe two and a half to three hours a week in the gym. Out of the 168 hours a week, three hours, three hours a week in the gym to actually get 
you know, do training that will get a result, that's not too bad. And we're going to, on the show notes page for this episode on theweightlosspodcast.com, we're going to, or I'm going to link you up to some clients of ours, that business owning clients that have kids mm. that got epic transformations with us last year, mm. despite the hurdles of time. And they're in the gym, you know, two to three hours a week each tops. Mm. Absolutely. Yep. And I think that that's a, that's a massive point that you make. So we're talking three hours a week in the gym. So that's not, that's not anything to be scared at about. That's not I think, anything. Well, I think it's sustainable, Courtney. Oh. I think it's sustainable and it has to be sustainable, doesn't it? I think it, it's got to be. You've got to look at three hours a week and think, you know what, I could do that. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, at a, at a worst case scenario, three hours a week, not much. For most people, even two. Well, that's right. For starting off with two is going to get a result, mm. which is why we also start our clients on those two days a week in the gym lifting weights, not just because it works, it also shows them they don't need to live in the damn gym. That's right. So I think the next tip that I'll be giving here, Courtney, as well, is to also, much like structuring our days in the gym, structuring our exercise... Let's structure our shopping. Well, that's right. Let's structure what we do in terms of food. So I know, Matt, you and I, we will do our food shopping generally on the same day every week. Yep. Some days, of course, that might change depending on our week, depending if you have something on. But usually for us, we go and do our shopping on a Sunday. We get it done. We come home. We spend an hour, cooking it up. an hour and a half in the in the kitchen, chopping some food up, cooking some food up, and then Storing we're done. It. Yep. And then after that's done, Courtney, how long do we spend actually cooking food in the kitchen? Day to day, we would be in the kitchen cooking food. Oh, well, it's really just reheating food. Yep. So I'm talking about five minutes at a time. Yeah, it's not long. I personally, and I'll I'll confess this. I detest shopping. So do I. I detest cooking. So do I. I love eating. So to me, the idea of spending less time in the kitchen is very appealing. So once we've done that, you know, that 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 cook up and that batch of shopping, every meal after that is around a three to five minute meal. And we'll which do is more like it. We'll do a top up Matt and I will do a top up shop maybe about a Wednesday. Yep. Because we eat a lot of fresh produce, so of course it's not going to last for seven days. So we do do a top-up shop, but because it is a top-up shop, it tends to not take as long. So that's like a really quick little little thing just to just to top up, go to the fruit and veg market, top up on some fruit and veg, yep. come home, wash, chop it up, put it in containers, and then it's done. Yep. So that's that's generally how we do our, our shopping and, and prepping there. But one of the other tips I'll give you in terms of prepping, which is what I've learned because I detest doing it and I don't like being in the kitchen, two big things that I use to help me. One is my phone. Where we're living at the moment, our house is set up where I can't actually see the lounge room from our kitchen. It's a separate space. So I can't see the TV. We only have own one TV and it's in the lounge room. So I can't see it from the kitchen. But I think having something there to distract you while you're doing it is really helpful. So I use my phone where I might have a podcast I'm listening to. 
Or I might have... Like our podcast? Like our podcast. I might have some sort of uh, video that I have been wanting to watch uh, that, I'll, that I'll watch. I listen to audiobooks a lot as well, so I might even listen to one of those while I'm in there. So I think it's really good to have something to distract you while you're in the kitchen doing it. It makes the time go a lot faster. I think the second big tip I want to give you on food prep is to utilize different cooking methods if possible. So typical food prep for myself, I will have the oven going, I will have the fry pan going, I will have the electric fry pan going, slow cooker, and I will have the slow cooker going. Yep. So if I can get multiple things cooking at the same time, that is going to cut down on the time I have to spend in there. Whereas if I cook everything in the oven or everything on the stove, I can only do one thing at a time. So, and then the time is going to add up. So they're like little tricks that you can use to help make that work, that time work better for you. I know for us as well, we try to do our shopping. Matt and I do our shopping at a shopping center near us that has the fruit and veg market, the butcher, Aldi, and Woolworths and Coles. Supermarkets. All in the same, all the supermarkets, all the fruit and veg markets, all the butchers, all in the same area. So we just park once, go in there, go to all the places we want to buy our food, and then go home. So we don't have to go to multiple different places. So I think that, that that's really important to look ahead when you're thinking about shopping and cooking to think about what methods that you can develop to make this better for you. All right, Courtney, let's take this back a step. It is it is admittedly easier for us now because, you know, we're self-employed. We virtually work from home. Our schedules aren't mm-hmm. what they used to be in terms of, you know, when you've worked, well, both of us have worked three jobs mm-hmm. at a time. But can you put yourself back to a couple of years ago when you first started doing this back when you were working those crazy hours on that random schedule, mm. how did you manage to fit in the exercise that you were asked to do and how did you manage to fit in your shopping and your food prep? Can you give some ideas and some just like a bit of insight into how you made that work? Absolutely. Well, my exercise was set because my trainer set them and told me what day I was going to be at the gym, which worked out perfectly. Wow, good trainer. Good, tra- good trainers do that. Yeah, <laughs> a great one. So the so my my workouts were set. I was in the gym twice a week. So and they and they were set because I was working with a trainer. So obviously I organised what time to set those with my trainer, so I knew that I could make those times each week. So they were set. They were done. In terms of my food prep back in the early days, I did make it a little bit harder for myself than it needed to be because I've learned since then that uh, there are definitely tricks to make that easier for myself, which is ones that I just mentioned. I used to do multiple shoppings every week, so I would usually only prepare food for probably two days at a time. So back then I was making it harder for myself, but I was fitting it in. So I would generally go to the supermarket on the way home from work, get home. By the time I got home, I was living with my family at that time, my parents and my siblings. So they would usually have already eaten. So I would have the kitchen to myself and I would cook up just some really easy to cook up type of a meals. I would use frozen vegetables a lot because they were quicker and easier for me. I would do stir fries uh, things that I could just chuck into one pot or one uh, fry pan at a time 
and they were really easy for me to do. But I did make it a little bit harder for myself than it needed to be those early days. But you made it work. But I made it work. It was just, to be honest with you, looking back, it just became a pattern. It became a routine. I'm glad you said that because, Courtney, the next question is, did it become easier for you over time with repetition? Absolutely. It definitely became a routine. I'm not going to say it was totally easy. There were days that I left work that I was like, oh, my God. I couldn't think of anything worse than going to the frigging supermarket. I'm always at the supermarket and I hated it, but it was just something that I automatically knew I had to do. I went from work to the supermarket, home, cooked my food, and then I would have food for dinner and then I would have food for the next day and then I would do the same thing again. So as much as I hated it and I complained about it, it was just human nature. I knew driving in my car, that I wasn't going home after work, I was going to the supermarket. Now, I'm glad you you mentioned this, Court, and one of the reasons I asked you that question is leading into another tip I want to give, and part of the reason why I could see that you were making it work is because you were looking ahead at your schedule and preparing in advance. And I think that's such a massive, massive tip, and I have to say that it is still a massive part of my weekly planning is looking ahead at my week. I do it every week now and I have got much better at it over the years. I think it's I think it's so incredibly important to look at your week because all of us know Matt and I you, you we know as well our weeks are not the same. No they're not. Generally every other weekend we have something on. Yep. We might be having to travel into state for something or a conference locally might be a local conference but meetings. we know that they're not meetings that we know that we're not going to have access to our fridge all day like we usually would well we know that life does tend to throw curveballs so being able to plan ahead and obviously sometimes things come up that you can't plan for but things like conferences traveling into state things like family gatherings, uh, family parties, uh, social events, things like this are we know are scheduled for this week. So I'm going to plan ahead for that and I'm going to think about that in terms of my exercise, in terms of my cooking. If I usually do exercise on the weekend and I know that my weekend is taken up, I'm going to make an adjustment for that week and get my exercise in before the weekend Yep. so I don't have to worry about it. That's a really good thing you said there, Courtney, and I agree. Uh, Something that has helped me over time with this is having a plan B. Yes. Up my sleeve, just in case plan A goes to shit. And as you, you know, as much as I do, Court, that often plan A does go to shit through no fault of our own. That's just what we call life. Yes. Now, I know for me that if my plan A goes to shit, I've got a choice. I let that throw a spanner in the works and hold me back or I have a plan B up my sleeve and as you said it before yourself where if you know that you can't do your your training session on your set day you've got another day up your sleeve somewhere where it's like you know what I can do it here to make sure I don't miss out or I don't lose momentum that's well that's, that's you know, the biggest mu- one isn't it because you know as much as I do Courtney that consistency is critical yes when it comes to this uh, consistency or lack thereof can make or break someone, yes. someone's transformation completely. So having having some sort of plan B, and you have to think about that. You do. You do need to think about it, um, and you're not going to know how good it is until you roll it out. Well, that's it. And sometimes it may not work. 
but you learn from it yeah and you adjust for the next time because i know for me there's been plenty of times where i've had full days where i've been out of the house uh, you know as much as I do that I love going to sporting events from time to time. Yes. Uh, which can be a, an all-day experience. Yes. So I've got my plan B would either be, okay, we know I can't. If I'm going to a sporting event for most of the day, mm. I'm not going to be able to, for example, to stay home and cook my food all day, am I? No. Probably not. Okay, cool. So I've got a choice. I can either eat stadium food, which as I'm sure you listening would agree with this, is hot garbage yes. nine times out of ten. Or cost and, you about and, $100. Well, it's it's overpriced hot garbage yes. as well. Or I can prepare ahead of time and take some of my own food with me mm. to keep me going. Because I know for me in the past where I haven't done that and I've put myself in the situation where I've had to eat venue food, it's unfulfilling, mm. it's unsatisfying. I f- actually feel off. Mm. Because the stuff you're having is not too good and your body just doesn't like it. And I've spent more money than I'd like to spend on shit food. Mm. So my plan B is to go, okay, I've got this ahead of time. Let's be prepared. Mm. So I do think that one of the biggest tips that we can give, and this is what we've illustrated here, Courtney, ourselves, is to look ahead at your schedule and come up with some sort of plan where you need to as, as your plan B. And as you said before, you don't know how good it's going to be. It may not work. But you have to do it to find out, and then you adjust for the next time. A big part of this process is what we call course corrections. You do something, you assess it, you adapt, and you go again. Yeah, well, that's it. And that's the best way also to develop a habit with this. And you you really need to – a lot of this comes back down to deve- just developing the habit. Well, that's, that's going to be a podcast that we're going, to do, we're going to do, Courtney, about habits, and the whole thing is about habits. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as, as we know, we are the result of our habits, and this whole process is based around that, but that's a different show. But I think you also brought up a really good point in terms of it may not work, which I think a lot of people don't think about when they've, they're, they're making a plan B, and then if it doesn't work, they tend to fall up to pieces it's and think, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. You just make an adjustment. Once once you've got your routine, it's really easy. Yeah. I, I, can, I can vouch for that. But remember as well, if you do mess it up, if you do happen to find yourself in a situation you didn't plan for or you didn't have a plan B or your plan B sucked, <laughs> and it didn't work. Boom. Don't don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, as mm. we say. Don't throw in the white towel and say, oh, this is shit. It's not going to work. Just relax. Take a deep breath. Say, okay, that didn't work. Next what? time. I'll do this. I'm going to change it. Yep. Yeah. I think, I think it can be easy for us to be pretty hard on ourselves. Well, especially when we talk about being busy and we talk about time. When we're talking about time management, it can be really easy to get overwhelmed and discouraged and things come up with work, with family, with social. It's really easy to get overwhelmed and I think it's so easy just to to throw your hands up in the air and say, oh, well, this is just not going to work. I think as well, Courtney, the final tip that we can give here is to don't be afraid now and then just to ask for help. I know for us, Court, the you know we've worked with quite a few parents, mm. and parents are obviously exceedingly busy, especially working parents. Yes, where getting to the gym, for example, can be quite an undertaking. Yeah. However, if you never know if your significant other can mind the kids Absolutely. for an hour, 
I'm going to the gym for an hour. Can you look after the kids? Yes. And how many parents have we worked with where a simple question like that has made it work? Yeah, well... And all of a sudden, they can sneak away, go to the gym, smash out their training session, go home feeling good about themselves because they made it work. And I think a lot of that comes down to the guilt. They, they feel guilty to even ask. Well, often people can feel guilty putting themselves first. Absolutely, especially mums. We've seen it, yeah. mums and dads, even yeah. dads, yeah. especially them, I think um, definitely uh, have that as a, as a problem. But definitely, and even ask in the kitchen, the amount of mums or even just um, people in a relationship we've heard in our gym who haven't asked their significant other, be it their boyfriend or their girlfriend or their husband or their wife or their children to help out with food prep or shopping or mm-hmm. getting getting the food cooked. Whereas when they ask, they find that it becomes quite a little event. And again, when you've got someone in there helping you or you've got a distraction, it makes it go faster. Yep. It's going to get them involved and get them enthusiastic in what you're doing, which is going to make your life easier. I think that's also... It's a question about support and the support network. If you are willing to ask for that support and that help at home, your chances of an epic change dramatically increase mm-hmm. because all of a sudden you're you're doing what you need to do in the gym and you're getting the support that you need at home. Unless you know this is another discussion unto itself, we all need that support. Oh, absolutely. That that is vital. Yeah. To this whole process. Yeah. So. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with um with those tips we've given out. If you are Courtney, yeah, absolutely. But I think that um if anybody is struggling with this and don't know where to turn and find that we haven't quite hit the nail on the head with this talk in terms of your own experience, and please send us an email. An email. Send, send us a message, and we just explain the situation you're going through. And we're more than happy to try to help out if we can. Where can they email us at, Courtney? At podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. You're getting good at this. I know. You're getting very good at but this. But yeah, please please send us an email. But I think that there's some really fantastic tips that we've just given out that everyone can apply. Oh, absolutely. But I'll also second you on that one, Courtney. Uh, for you there listening, if, if you're finding your situation to be rather challenging, don't be afraid to reach out mm. because Courtney and I work with people from all walks of life in many, many different unique challenging situations that we've helped them overcome. Uh, as I said before, I am going to link up on the show notes page at theweightlosspodcast.com some testimonials for people that we've worked with that have been able to juggle the family responsibilities, the work responsibilities, the social responsibilities, etc. But if you're if your unique situation you're finding hard to manage, hit us up. Reach out. Yeah, absolutely. Reach out. We're here to help. That's the whole point of this bloody show, isn't yeah. it? Really, in the well, end. At the end of the day, it is. So we, we're hoping that uh, that the tips that we gave will be helpful. But yes, please reach out if if you want any more information that we haven't covered. But I think now it's time for the email of the week. Ooh. Normally I say that, so you beat me to it. Yeah, well, okay. I yeah. thought I'd get in. You always say it. Yeah, I do. So there's uh, there's the music. Thank you, Courtney. Uh, okay, I'm going to read this from the top. Bear with me on this one. Hello, Courtney and Matt. Oh, by the way, this comes from Amanda. Thanks, Amanda, for sending in your email and oh. hello. Hello, Courtney and Matt. Firstly, thank you for starting up your podcast. I've finally listened to both of your story episodes. And Courtney, I just wanted to reach out and say thank you for spreading your story. 
That's very nice. Yeah. I myself have yo-yoed with being really on track and then falling on the it's too hard bandwagon. Mm. And to hear your honesty that this process has taken three years was just so refreshing. I know I'm not going to get the results overnight. I'm currently a size 20. But as you mentioned, the advertising of, for example, abs in 28 days, etc., can leave me feeling like a bit of a failure. I'm really looking forward to listening to your future episodes, to hear your tips and tricks from people who have walked this path. All the best, Amanda. Amanda, that is fantastic. Thank you. And part of the reason, one of the big reasons why uh, I've pulled this email for us today, Courtney, is that Amanda touches on that she, she is glad to hear the honesty mm. about how long this process has taken. And that there made me want to really bring this up because I think it might be time for a soapbox for both of us mm. is how much bullshit gets around in our oh, industry. It's just complete garbage. Uh, this misleading bullshit about how quickly this should happen. Mm. So you've got millions and millions and millions of people going to gyms daily and busting their asses. And because they're not getting their six pack or their bikini body or both in, in 28, 28 days, they have failed. Mm. Actually, the industry has failed because it talks out of its ass 9.9 times out of 10. So I, I, I think it's, it's also good feedback for us, Courtney, that we're being honest, telling people just how long this is taking. Because you look at us, the two of us, mm. you look at the clients that we've worked with, how many of them have gotten their awesome body in 28 days? None of them. Zero. None of them. How many do we anticipate? That will happen in 28 days. We don't even keep track of them in 28 days. There's nothing more. I'm sorry. There's nothing more. Go for it, Courtney. Go for it. That annoys me more than this 28-day thing at the moment. Who keeps track of anything in 28 days? It's 28 days. It's not even a month. It's so stupid. It's just the it word, the it phrase at the moment. And it's so annoying to me. And trust me, give it 12 months and there'll be some other new it phrase it'll be bloody 32 days or something equally as ridiculous 27 oh, days it'll be but i shouldn't say that it's it's ridiculous ah, i apologize very good but i one that annoys me but yes thank you amanda for sending your message to us that actually makes me feel really good i matt and i do make a really big uh what's the word i'm looking for you're telling the story, bro. You tell me. <laughs> we we try really hard. We put a big emphasis, Ooh. that's what I was trying to say, Ooh. on being really transparent with you all. We try to be really transparent with our clients in our gym as well. Everything we put out, whether it's on our Facebook, whether it's on our website, whether it's in face-to-face with our uh, gym members, whether it's on this podcast, it, we hope that it's going to help someone that it's going to teach someone, that somebody's going to learn from their mistakes and that it's going to try to cut through all the bullshit that is in this industry and there is so much of it. Yes, there is some fantastic stuff about the health and fitness industry. There really is. There's some fantastic well, proof. There's some fantastic programs out there. We we Matt and I are even the first to say that the program that we teach and that the program we live by is not the only program that works. But it does work. But we know it works because it worked for us and that's why we use it. And it's sustainable. But 
so there's some fantastic things about the health and fitness industry. There really are. And there's some fantastic speakers out there that are promoting a fantastic message. Like us? But there is that too, too so soon? much crap as well. So I really thank you for your feedback on that. It really um, makes us feel really good. Can I give a little pro tip on the subject of not getting your abs in 28 days leaves you feeling like a bit of a failure? Pro tip here. In the first 28 days, if you can just be consistent with your exercise and your training, Mm. you're on track. Mm. Because you look, Courtney, whenever I started people in the gym, I told them virtually the same thing. Their first job for the first month is very simple. Get to your training sessions consistently. Mm. Build that one habit. Mm. Off that one habit, things can, you know start to layer on from Absolutely. there. So that this this 28-day bullshit can be applied in a positive fashion when you simplify it yes. and strip it back. So anyway, that's the pro tip. Yes. Well, hang in there, Amanda. I think that you obviously really want to make some sort of change in your life. I, I hope that what we're saying um, and our episodes week to week on this podcast are going to help you. I think... Hope that you send us more emails, send us any questions that you have. But I'm also, can I say, Courtney, I wouldn't mind hearing from Amanda again. Amanda, if you are listening, I wouldn't mind hearing of how you're going at the moment and also what you find makes you get on the too hard bandwagon. Mm. I wouldn't mind hearing what brings that about uh, because that could be a good idea for an episode of the show, Courtney, Mm. whatever that could be. So, Amanda, feel free to get back in touch. Yeah. Let us know what causes that because I think we can have a discussion about that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, and on that note... We're done. We are done. So you can reach us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. On that note, we're going to sign off. Bye. Hope this has helped. Speak to you soon. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.